We are talking Peter Laviolette, Patrick Kane, the newest New York Rangers, and a whole bunch else with our Fantasy League runner-up, Mr. Dan Scaturro. All this and much, much more on today's episode of Locked On, New York Rangers. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 901 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, and today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. And as I mentioned, I am joined here today by our Locked On New York Rangers Fantasy Hockey League runner-up, Mr. Dan Scaturro. Uh, Dan, first of all, welcome to the show. I know you're kind of one of the old-school listeners. You've been with me you know, right from the beginning, so uh, it's an honor to talk to you here tonight. John, thanks so much for uh, saying all that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a real honor to be on tonight. I listen to you guys all the time, the way you uh, – do your show, the insight. I mean, I've stopped pretty much reading print. I pretty much rely on you for my Ranger updates. So really happy to be here tonight. Yeah, you got it, man. It's a little more convenient, you know, when you're when you're driving somewhere, a little bit easier to just listen than, you know, try to read the newspaper or what have you. But um, yeah, you know, I, I figure we might as well start off with a little bit of fantasy hockey talk. I mean, you know, we have a 20 person league and uh, you and me met in the finals and man, I, I had to sweat it out. I just barely won. I won it was five, four, and one. I won five stats. You won four stats, and then we tied in one. So uh, I just barely squeaked it out. But um, I do have to ask you about this. So um, last year, we go into the draft. You have the number one pick. And I think all of us just kind of figured like, oh, well, he'll, he'll take Connor McDavid. You know, McDavid's the guy. But ever the Ranger loyalist, um, you decided to go with Igor Shesterkin with the number one pick. And, and what a pick that was. Obviously, he had a huge uh, role in you making it as far as you did. So um, when you saw you were picking number one, like, did you know for sure you were going to take Igor, or did you have to think about it a little bit? You know, it's twofold, John. A year before in another league, I had the second pick, and I wanted to either take Vaslowski or Igor. And they grabbed Igor in front of me. So I definitely wanted to take a goalie just in the past you know, leagues I've been in. I think if you can win a, a good percentage of the goalie stats, you're in good shape. But first and foremost, he's our goalie. You get the fan rooting in on your own team. There's nothing like it. So, yeah, I I really didn't have any thoughts to take McDavid. Um, I got another different, like, philosophy. I, I, I feel you can get some good players with your second pick. You don't need to go that high. But that's just me. I hear you. Um, yeah, no, a, a big goalie is very, very important in a fantasy league. I've, I've actually had UC Soros in each of the last two seasons, and he's been solid. Well, we'll see if I can make it three in a row. Um, but, you know, just as it pertains to fantasy hockey, I mean, you, you touched on it just a second ago there, but do you go in with any kind of strategy? I mean, I don't want you to give away too too many of your secrets here because we got a draft coming up pretty soon, but um, any uh, any kind of strategy at all going into a fantasy hockey draft? Yeah, I mean, I do a little research you know, for sure. But I got to say, this league is very, very tough. I mean, we got a lot of great guys from the text messages I see and the dialogue. It's it's pretty fun to follow. Um, and the Rangers do come off the board quick. So that kind of makes it, you know, 
I don't want to say a disadvantage, but it it kind of ma- makes my choices really hard because to try to pull some Rangers on the team and then still be a productive team, it, it's a challenge for sure. So, gee, I don't know. Um, I I was just looking at the results and you've got some great stats that you could pull up in charts. And I was just browsing that and I saw actually that I won three of the categories. Uh, The averages were pretty decent. But if you look at the goalie percentage, I had only 66% wins. So it's a tough category to win, even though when you got one of the best in Igor. Yeah, for sure. I mean, but I think it does make sense to go for a goalie, like you said. I mean, th- those are four of the ten stats right there. You know, laying in the in the hands of your goalie, basically. Um, I, I did want to ask because you know you-, you made a great point there about how you know the Rangers they really fly off the board in this league because I mean there's 20 Ranger fans, so of course that's going to yeah. happen. Um, sure. But yeah, I-, I don't think I two years ago I had Kreider and that worked out great for me. I, I got very lucky there. Um, but you also went with Philip Hedl this past season, and um, you didn't get him. I was checking earlier today. You didn't get him until the 11th round. I get the feeling maybe he goes a little bit sooner this year. But um, are you like a big Philip Hedl guy, or you just saw he was there and you had to have him? Just, just what was your thought process with uh, with Hedl there in the 11th round? I mean, actually, it's actually, John, a little of both. One, um, I love the skill set. I think, I think his game, you know, I hope the other two guys, Kako and Laugh, can – pick it up but Heedle's making more strides right now I know he's a little bit older what he's going into almost his fifth year I think or sixth as crazy as that sounds I think yeah, it's, it's wild yeah um but he reminds me a little I don't know if he's as tough yet but he's got a little Rick Nash in his game where he'll go to the net hard I love his shot you know I'm a big left-handed shooter I, I love that you know so I, I like his skill set so he is a kind of player throughout the years with the Rangers I've been always attracted to. Uh, not to date myself, but early in my fandom as a Ranger fan uh, growing up, there used to be a guy number eight, Steve Vickers. I don't know if you've heard of the name. I know Vickers, yeah. Okay. Similar kind of player, great shot, um, can toughen it up in the corners when needed. Um Old number eight. I always had number eight when I played. So he was he was my guy as a kid. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So reminds awesome. remind me of him, which is a little bit to do with that. But he'll probably go off the board sooner this year. I, I would think so, too. And, you know, while we're talking about Heedle, I might as well throw this out there for you as well, because it's something that, you know, I've talked about a couple of times and guests that I've had, you know, we, we've asked them about it, too. Um, do you want to see Heedle with Panarin this year or you're good with Trocek staying there? A tough call. Oh, um, yeah. I've kind of gone back and forth on it myself. I think I still lean a little toward Trocek, but I'd love to hear your take on that. Yeah, I, I guess with the experience, you want Trocek as your two center. The face-off is glaring with Heedle, I guess. You know, that can, that can hurt you down at crunch time. But I, I would love to see Heedle playing more with Panarin, just if you put that together. Because like you always say, who's ever playing with Panarin, their game is going to really succeed. And maybe with his shot, um, you know, it would be a good center. But that's a tough call because I remember Trochik down here. I liked him when he was down here. He's a gritty player. Um, Tough call. I I guess more importantly is the other two. Where are they going to slot? Is Kako going to be on the number one line? Is Kreider going to be up there? I mean, I would hope so, but. I've seen production when Kreider was down on the third line. It, it's 
I'm interested to see what the new coach does. Yeah, it, it's it's hard to say for sure. I mean, they they got a lot of different options, which is always uh, you know a really nice thing. Um, we'll, we'll see how they look to line up. I figure, uh, Dan, in just a second, we can go ahead and kind of turn our attention to some of the offseason moves that the Rangers have made. You know, not a ton of money as far as the salary gap is concerned, but I think they did a nice job overall. Uh, first, though, we do have to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Jace Case. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace Case. The Jace Case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind so that you are not just hoping you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical, make sure you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy, medication delivery, and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com, promo code LOCKED. All right. And so uh, Dan and I would like to thank everybody for making Lockdown New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And uh, yeah, Dan, I figured we could just kind of keep everything rolling here. So obviously, you know, the first big thing that happened after the season, the first domino to fall, uh, Gerard Gallant let go after just two seasons with the Rangers. Um, You know, great first year and then uh, an untimely playoff exit this past year and just didn't play well down the stretch in that playoff series. It cost him his job. Um, did you expect that to happen? Did, did you want it to happen? Did, did you think they needed a new voice? Just kind of give me your thoughts on that if you can. Yeah, I don't know if we received a lot of transparency. You know, the word, I guess, was something happened between games three and four, maybe between him and Drury. Um, I think I think Gallant, he, he maybe didn't want to, obtain maybe Kane. I, I don't want to call him out on that. I'm not sure. I've been hearing that. Um, with that being said, he's the kind of coach, you know, he, he likes certain players and how he likes to use them. And I think, you know, certainly Drury has a mindset and something was a disconnect there. And then the results were not good. Um, they seemed flat after that. It was a head scratcher for sure, because after games one and two, everybody must have been sitting back and already thinking of Carolina or whoever was going to be next. So, um, yeah, I I like the man. I think he's a player's coach, but he doesn't let them get too close to him. Um, You know, I heard that the, the practicing might not be what one thinks, but he did produce. He's an old school hockey guy. It's kind of the way things go, you know? Yeah. I mean, these NHL coaches, they they really do tend to have kind of a, a short shelf life. There there was some stat where, I don't remember the exact stat, but there's something where there's only like, I think like three or four coaches that have been with their, their current team for like five or more years. And, you know, it, it's like Cooper's obviously one of them. I want to say Bednar is one of them. They've both won the cup. And I think Rod Brindamore is one of them. And he's, you know, obviously had a lot yeah. of really good seasons there. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's like that in all sports, but I think uh, hockey maybe more so um, than, than some of the other major ones. Uh, also, I got to get your thoughts on Blake Wheeler. Obviously, he comes over to the Rangers after being bought out by the Jets. And, um, you know, I I talked about it a little bit before it happened. Like, okay, here's Blake Wheeler and he's available and maybe he could be a fit for the Rangers. But I never thought it would happen just because I didn't think they had the money. 
and they get him for just 800k um you know he is a little bit older now but uh your thoughts on blake wheeler coming over to uh to the new york rangers yeah you know i i was hoping they could squeeze tarasenko back in but i guess yeah. that didn't work and you know if you look there at their numbers um they're relatively similar i mean we don't know i guess if wheeler can do what he's done in the past but He's certainly got the experience. I, I think it's going to work. Again, where is he going to play? I guess on the third line, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I'm kind of trying to figure that out. And, you know, for a while, I think when I did my best and worst case, I had him on the second line. But you know, the more I think about it, you know, him and Panarin are both kind of facilitators. So maybe move him down to the third line, maybe leave one of the, the top six spots open for one of the kids. Uh, I think that could probably make the, the most sense is that's kind of what you're thinking too. Maybe third line for Blake Wheeler. I think so. Yeah. But again, the kids, where do they fit? I get, I believe, you know, he doesn't have the same skill set as Goudreau, but they're similar where you could probably plug them in different places. Right. So I, I would imagine. So, yeah, I, I think Blake Wheeler, you know, he's a veteran. I'm sure he'll adapt to, to whoever he has to, to end up playing with. Um, in addition to Wheeler, bunch of other kind of, uh, you know, low cost free agents brought in by the Rangers, you know, quick, uh, Bonino, Pitlick, just to name a few. Um, do you have a favorite uh, of the bunch? You know, we had, we had five points vids on here from, from YouTube. He's a big sports YouTuber. I know Bonino, he was pretty excited about him. Do you have a favorite of the bunch here as far as the, the new players for the Rangers? You know, I don't know much about Bonino. Um, just to be honest with you, yeah. uh, I, I think that, you know, getting quick is probably an upgrade. I mean, I thought Halak came on when he had to. But again, when you're backing up Igor, I don't know how you could be fresh. It's, it's tough to do. I think quick will do a better job of being ready when called upon. Um, you know, maybe he gets 20, 20, 20, 20 or so starts. That would be probably something to consider. But we're spoiled. I mean, we've got the second generation of Hank here, and he makes every game, every telecast, you know, incredible to watch. He's got an unbelievable skill set. His, his actually his insight to the game. I mean, this guy's always in the game. I never see him make many mistakes, even handling the puck. And I'll call it here. I think he's going to get the goal this year. I think so too. I, uh, <laughs> I got close. That What's that? I said, I just have that feeling it's going to come. Cause you know, he's trying and the opportunity will come. It, it's crazy. Like every time that they have a home game in the garden now and the, and the goalie gets pulled, it's like, everybody's kind of expecting it. Anytime the puck goes anywhere near Eeyore, everybody kind of, you know, gets out of their seat and, and they're ready for it to happen. Yeah, I mean, and you hear his name chanted in other arenas. I mean, he's he's something else. He's our goalie. I mean, to play in New York and be where he's at, all the players, the bonding. I was just talking to a coworker today uh, about it, and it's like the Ranger locker room. When players come and join the Rangers, you know, they're part of the family immediately. You know, you see other players go to other teams, and okay, it's, you know, it's, it's something to be a Ranger to put that jersey on. I would love to come to the new arena someday. I know it's not that new now, but I haven't been there since the old Madison Square. So uh, the fellow I was talking to was just telling me how electric it is in there and how really, really nice it is. So I could just imagine. I can only watch it on TV at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I'm 
I'm hoping sooner or later I get to go to a Ranger playoff game. You know, those tickets aren't cheap and, um, you know, we'll, we'll see if we can make it happen. But, um, yeah, it, it's it's loud enough in the regular season. I, I can't even imagine what that's like, you know, come playoff time. Have you ever been to a Ranger playoff game? I might as well ask you while we're talking about it. You know, I haven't. No, I have not. Um, probably one of the biggest hockey games I've attended, though, was when they said that hockey was going to come to South Florida. And I believe it was 1993 or 94. They had the first exhibition hockey game down here at the old Miami arena. Um, and Gretzky and the uh, Kings were here. It was when Gretzky was with the Kings, I believe, before he came to the Rangers. Yeah. And um, they played the Rangers, actually. It was the Rangers against the Kings. I actually have the ceremonial tickets and everything. It was a very cool event, though they did have to stop the game six times to take care of the ice. They were learning the tricks of the trade with the humidity and the air conditioning and everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, that's uh, yeah. That 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 used to be a serious issue, you know, trying to keep these uh, hockey rinks, especially in you know warmer climates, trying to keep them in uh, tip-top shape for these games. But I'll tell you a quick story regarding that. Yeah. That season, that season prior to that game, I think that game took place in September during the preseason. Uh, in like mid-August, I was attending a Marlins game at the old, what they used to call Joe Robbie Stadium, which mm -hmm. is the same premises where the Dolphin Stadium is now. But anyway, um, I was down low and in like the second row was Wayne Heisinger, who owned the Marlins at that time, who, you know, got baseball down in South Florida. Well, he had started, you know, was part of the ownership for the Panthers. And more people were high-fiving him and congratulating him for bringing hockey to South Florida. And we were ecstatic. It, it, it's so great to have the NHL down here. I can't tell you, so. That's a little tidbit to that part. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's awesome. Um, you know, we, we were talking about. Uh, I wanted to get back to this because you touched on Patrick yeah. Kane. You know, just just for a brief second there. Um, you know, it's kind of going to be, I, I think, you know, a, a pretty long, drawn out situation here as far as you know what's going to happen with Kane and who's gonna, who he's going to end up with. But man, he he split the fan base immediately. Like as soon as the Rangers traded for him, some people were all for it. Oh man, Showtime Patrick Kane, let's do this. And our people didn't want him coming anywhere near this team. So uh, I'll put it to you. I mean, if he's if he's looking to come back to the Rangers and he's willing to do it for obviously a discount and he's able to, you know, rejoin the team at some point this season, are you pro that or are you anti that happening, you know, as far as Patrick Kane being back? Well, if I could touch on quickly what I thought when he joined the team, I thought yeah. he seemed a little out of shape or maybe that's the wrong word. He wasn't in shape, let's just say. And it took him a while to get his legs. And he's always got the hands. We know that. But it seems like, you know, he, he he needed to get it going a little bit more. He finally did a little bit, I guess, when it got closer to the playoffs. I don't know where he's at. Um, as far as the dynamic and the culture of the team, him coming on board, I think anybody, like I said, can join the team and fit in. I didn't think he was a prima donna. I didn't think he was anything like he was too good for this team. I'm sure he tried 110%. It was just the results that were on the ice. But I, I would say if I'm Drury, I'd like to see the way things start to go before that time comes. It's a very hard call. Um, 
I trust they might make the right decision, but I, I don't know one way or the other. Um, yeah. He's done a pretty good job at the trading deadline. So I guess I'm not sure who else is going to be available, but I would compare it up then. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, no, it, it's very interesting with Kane. I think it's going to be a very interesting storyline to track as far as, uh, you know, who he ends up with and if he wants to try to, you know, work his way back to the Rangers. Um, yeah, it, it's a tough call. My, my thing, and it's kind of what I said last year, is like, if you have a chance to add Patrick Kane, um, you know, bad hip or not, and, you know, whatever the, the case might be, um, it's kind of hard not to do that because, you know, who do, who do you want, like like last year, if you get a game seven, do you want Patrick Kane out there or do you want Jake LeCision out there? You know what I mean? So the, the right answer, I think, is pretty obvious. I mean, I know some people were worried about the team chemistry and everything. Um, th there were times where it felt like he was kind of a man on an Island, but then again, you know, we don't know what goes on behind the scenes and maybe, maybe they loved him for all we know. I mean, it's, it's hard yeah. to say for sure, but, um, definitely gonna be very interesting to track that. Um, I figure, you know, Dan, I want to keep everything rolling here. We'll, we'll wrap up with uh, a couple more questions about the Rangers. We'll do a, a quick lightning round at the end as well. And, um, we will do all that good stuff in just a second. All right, so just to keep everything rolling here, um, Dan, wanted to ask you about uh, the defense pairings. I figure, we, you know, we were talking about the line combinations earlier. So I know that, um, you know, there, there's some Ranger fans that would like to see Adam Fox with K. Andre Miller. And, you know, I'm open to that idea. But me personally, I, I kind of like sticking with Fox and Lindgren and then also Miller with Truba. But any thoughts on that? Like, like is the duo of uh, Fox and Miller, is that too good for you to say no to? Or, or how do you feel about that? I don't think it's needed, John. I agree with you. I, it might it might be more because Lindgren and Fox. It's a great team, and it's a it's they complement each other so well. Um, I'm more concerned about what's going to happen with the third line. Uh, I love Schneider. I think he's just going to keep getting better. I don't know if a Schneider plays with Miller. I, I you can't be dropping Truba down that much, but. Um, I think who is going to who is going to pair up with Schneider? Is it going to be uh, was it Gustav uh, Gustafson they just got right? Gustafson or, and Jones look to be the two that are kind of in the mix right now. Yeah, um, I think Jones deserves a shot. I mean, I think they could maybe be similar to the top pairing, and you've got a hitter and a good player in Schneider and and, and Jones with some skill. Um, and then use, you know, uh, Gustafson, you know, as the as the sixth man or the seventh man. But um, I, I wouldn't shake up the top four. I wouldn't. I mean, Miller's good. He brings the offense to Truba. I, I like it. And Truba's shot is better than people think. So Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I mean, I, I think you do he it that to way. He on goal a little bit more, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he just bombs it. And if, if it's on goal, it's on goal. And if, if it's not, it's not. But, um. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I think for the most part, I, I tend to like the pairings where you get, you know, kind of the old school gritty guy, whether it's Truba or Lindgren or Schneider, and then you get the more, you know, offensive guy, the more dynamic. I mean, Adam Fox does it all, but I mean, he's kind of the offensive guy with Lindgren and then, you know, guys like Miller and uh, whether it's to be Gustafson or Jones. And um, yeah, you know, that's, I feel like that's one of the only like true position battles going into training camp is who's going to be that sixth defenseman, uh, Gustafson or Jones. Um, sounds yeah. like you kind of, prefer Zach Jones a little bit. I, I think I probably lean that way a little just because, you know, Gustafson's just kind of a journeyman, but um, that's going to be an interesting battle to, to keep, to keep our eyes on, I think. 
Yeah. Well, they seem to be able to fill it pretty well over the last couple of seasons. I mean, even Harper did a pretty good job when he was there. Um, the big guy was the Russian Mikolov, the guy that uh, Mikolov, the guy that just left. I, I thought yeah. he did a pretty good job too. Mikola, so. yeah, I, I Mikola. thought he was solid. Yeah, yeah he did a nice job. Um, I think and, he's down here with the Panthers now. Actually, he is. I, I want to say he signed. I think a three-year deal with them. And you know, I, I know some fans were were hoping that he would come back. And um, you know, I was open to it, but you know, you, again, you look at the salary cap situation. It was just like I don't think this is going to work. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But um, you know, I, I thought I thought he did a nice job, um, you know, throughout the entire second half of last season when he was here. Um, want to get your thoughts on this too? I, I don't know if you got a chance to see the episode where uh, we ranked the top five Ranger rivals. I kind of I went from five all the way up to number one, and I had the Penguins at number one. But how about you, Dan? I mean, for you, who is the the biggest Ranger rival um, of all time, of current time? You know, what whatever you want to go with. Only because I go back a little bit further, I'd have to say the Islanders won. Okay. Um, some great playoff games in the 70s with them when the Islanders were becoming who they became to get four cups in a row there. Um, that really built that rivalry to me. I mean, it's different players, different time now, but uh, I would put that one, um, if I brought more current seasons into play, I'd have to say Pittsburgh too. For sure. The yeah. fan bakers don't like each other. That's for sure. Um, three, probably Philly. Um, four. I would say the Canadians for, again, okay. going back in the day, we played them in the 79 Cup and lost. Yeah. Um, five. Hmm. I mean, you got the Caps I'll, I'll, still there. The, who is it? Uh, you know what? I'll throw in Florida only because what I deal with down here with Panther fans. So <laughs> Florida at five. <laughs> hey, fair enough. It's your perspective, man. So, so whatever, whatever you want to go with, uh, I like that. And um, nobody got, will agree with that. But if you live down here and you're a Ranger fan, you, you'll know what I mean. Yeah, no, that that makes sense to me. Um, yeah, no, that's and they, they a couple of former Rangers have been kind of passing through Florida the last couple of years as well. So uh, that just kind of adds to it. Um, so I want to ask you about this too. Obviously, we got these uh, these rookie games, you know, between the Rangers and the Flyers that are you know right about to happen here. Or actually, uh, by the time this is recorded, they will have already happened. But um, yeah, Brand Offman, Will Cooley, um, these are two of the bigger Ranger prospects. We saw Will Cooley with the team this past season for four uh, four games. Um, are you hoping to see those guys? Are you excited about them? Is there a prospect that you're really looking forward to? You know, eventually uh, rocking the Ranger blue. Well, obviously, Osman, you you've been talking a lot about him. I know he's probably near the top, if not the top prospect, I guess, in the organization. Um, some of these uh, NH, you know, PlayStation numbers he's been putting up over the last couple of years have been really impressive. Um, I did hear on some show that they felt. He needed to get a little bit, grow into his body a little bit more. I think when you were talking to the lockdown guys with the blue jackets, I think one of those fellows mentioned it. Um, I haven't seen a lot of video. Um, I rely a lot about, about pretty much what I read and as they get closer, I guess. Um, Cully, I saw a few times, looks like a solid player. Uh, what's the other fellow? Uh, Sakura, right? Don't they have Sakura as well? Adam Sakura, yeah. 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 I've been hearing about him. 
And um, so I, I don't have much insight on them, but as far as giving them a chance, I think it all depends. Lavalette, he, he has known to be okay with kids and trying to get them into a system. I think if they uh, get the shot and be oppressive during this camp, that this rookie camp they have going, I, I don't see him starting with the team, but I don't see why he couldn't be called up if he's ready. I mean, yeah, I've I've had kind of a similar take where it's one of those things where it's like maybe just start them in the AHL, start them with the Hartford Wolfpack, especially Offman because he's never even played in the AHL. Um, so yeah, put them with the Wolfpack if you need a spark or if they just absolutely dominate, uh, then maybe that's a conversation to be had a little bit later in the season. But, John, let me ask you. I mean, there's a lot of talk about how we've handled the kid line and how they've progressed and how they've been used. Um, what What are your thoughts? Do you think it's a, it's a, a, a team philosophy that they're so concerned about present that it doesn't matter about one's pro- progression, that they are going to either going to be able to do it on their own or – you know, I watch a team like Tampa. Um, Cooper was the AHL coach and worked with a lot of these guys before they came in and then was able to really run with them and look what they did. Mm-hmm. I was hoping the Rangers would consider the fellow down at Hartford. I really was. He was my top choice just because of that mindset of what's happening with the kids and the progression. Now, every individual player is different for sure. And like I said, I think Heedle's Heedle's moving up. I love Kako's skill set. He's tough down around the goal line. He's a great puck hander. It's hard to get the puck away from that guy. How do you use that? You know, Panarin's a puck handler. I don't think those two mesh together on the same line. That's just my opinion. Mm. Um, but the younger guys, I, I don't. I haven't seen much of them. Again, I've just been reading a lot. Um, yeah. I mean, what's your, what's your thoughts about how they handle young guys? Yeah, I mean, yeah, overall, mixed results. You know, obviously, um, they've had some real swing and misses in the draft, you know, over the years. Uh, the two that immediately come to mind are Leah Anderson and Vitaly Kravtsov. Um, I, I think with Lafreniere specifically, it's kind of a situ- it's kind of a weird situation because, you know, teams that pick first overall, they're usually really, really bad, right? And so they, they pick first. And, you know, it's probably not going to be too long before that player debuts for them, maybe right away, like it was with Lafreniere and Kako. But when the Rangers were picking first overall, they weren't a great team, obviously, but they weren't like one of the the bottom feeders either. They weren't one of the teams at the bottom of the the pecking order in in the entire league. So, yeah, I mean, Lafreniere gets his chance, but you've got two left wingers who are pretty darn good in front of him, uh, Panarin and Kreider. And, you know, of course, you can kind of counteract that. You can put Lafreniere on the right wing, to get him into the top six. You could do the same thing with Chris Kreider to kind of balance everything out. Um, but overall, you know, I think they've done all right. Um, I am very curious, though, to see how Peter Laviolette handles it and to see if there will be more opportunities for some of the young guys, you know, uh, Lafreniere and Kako specifically. Um, just because, you know, like I've been talking about on the show, you know, Lafreniere, the teams that he took to the finals, they had some young players who went on to great careers. In some cases, are still having great careers. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I don't think it's all doom and gloom the way some Ranger fans make it sound where like, oh, they've ruined these kids and da-da-da. Um, no, I, I think they're still coming into their own. I mean, Lafreniere is still just 21. Kako is still just 22. Um, you look at somebody like Tage Thompson. Um, he, he's like 25 or 26 now. 
And it wasn't until like a year or two ago that he really became a great player, you know, this high draft pick. So I think that's a good example. And I don't think Ranger fans should be giving up on these guys, um, you know, just, just, just this quickly. They're very young, John. No, there's no doubt. They're still very young. Like you said, referencing that other guy. Um, yeah. I, I think, I think like, like you said, though, when, when you've got Kreider and Panarin already up there, where are they going to play? You, 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 there's only, it is an opportunity game. So, and, and if it's not your time just yet, then you need to find a way to fit in where they've got you. And maybe that's where the disconnect's been because maybe they could have been working with Lafayette right wing before he hit the ice with the Rangers. I don't know. I mean, food for thought. Yeah, absolutely. I'm definitely curious to see, uh, you know, how, how Lafayette deploys those guys this year. But, um, Dan, I, I figure we can, uh, it's been a ton of fun, obviously, talking some Ranger hockey with you. Like no I said, I, I know uh, you've been watching since the early days of Locked on Rangers. But if you got a few minutes, man, we, we can do a quick lightning round here to, to kind of wrap up today's show. You ready for this? Sounds awesome. Let's do it. All right, cool. So, Dan, your all-time favorite New York Ranger. Steve Vickers. There you go. You gave that one away a little bit earlier, but that's a great choice. <laughs> um, all right. So your current favorite New York Ranger. Artemi. All right. All right. Mika's a close second. I think those are the two best skills guys that we've got. And I think, I think they're both underestimated. Mika certainly is. I think he's as good as most players in the league. He's got a great two-way game. And Panarin brings so much joy to the game. Let's face it. It's a game. I, I love his attitude. His skill set is crazy. Um, fans are really hard on him. Uh, they can say he was flat in that Devil series, but they all played bad, John. I mean, they did. I mean, yeah. maybe he isn't as tough as some in terms of with his mind. I don't know. I don't know the player that well, but what he brings to the game and the excitement um, and some of his OT goals and the goals that he gets are just incredible. I, I just... Definitely Panarin and Mika. No, I'm I'm still a Panarin guy myself. I don't I don't want him going anywhere. You know, some fans will say, "Ah, oh, trade him." Well, first of all, he's got a no move clause, so that's not going to be easy. And secondly, um, good luck replacing his hundred points that he gets every season. You know, I don't know how you're going to do that. Um, we'll keep it rolling here. Uh, Dan, favorite hockey movie? Do you have one? Slapshot. All time classic. I, I do like that. I haven't seen it in a long time, but it's a good one. No doubt. Um, all right, so here's an interesting one. Do you have a favorite hockey video game? I don't know the year, John. We've got some EA Sports games that I play with my son. So, yeah, definitely EA Sports hockey, the NHL. Um, yeah, a lot of fun. Still play it up to today. I just don't know which years they're plugging in when we play. No, I hear you. Any, <laughs> NHL 14 is, is a classic. I go back to that okay. one every now and then. Okay, I'm going to look for that one. Go ahead. You know, who, who's on the cover? Do you know that? Because I might be able to tell you. <laughs> I can't tell you. I'm not yeah, no, that's all right. That's all right. No worries. Um, all right. So, uh, favorite sport other than hockey? What do you got? To play or to watch? We'll do both. To play and to watch. All right. Well, to play is golf. I'm a big golfer. I've been golfing a long time. That's your Twitter um, biopic, is it not? The golf? Yeah, there you go. There you yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was actually a golf coach in middle school down here for a few years. So I'm pretty well. I'm actually working at a country club now. So I, I, I'm in the golf scene. It's a lot of fun. It's it's good to get out. Um, yeah. But as far as watching, my other big sport with hockey is baseball for sure. So 
Gotcha. Gotcha. I'm a uh, diehard Met fan. Uh, not our year this year. I know you're a Yankee fan. I think we're both in a similar boat. It's it's not a good new year for New York baseball, but you actually, I think you just answered my next question. Favorite team other than the Rangers. Is it, is it the Mets? Yep. For sure. Okay. Um, favorite uh, moment at Madison Square Garden from, from games that you've been at. Is there anything that stands out for you? Not necessarily, but I'll tell you a story about the first hockey game I tried to go to at the Garden. So I lived in Connecticut. It was actually 1968. I was eight years old. You all can figure out my age. Um, My dad came home from work and he said, we're going to the Ranger game tonight. We hopped in his truck. We drove all the way. We parked. I forgot where we parked. We get all the way up. Now, at that time, scalping was pretty big. We would go to games, and my dad, there was no Ticketron or anything online. You, you go to a box office at the stadium you were going to, basically, or you scalped on the street. Um, they were playing the Bruins. The game was sold out. I guess we didn't know. So we tried scalping, and we couldn't get a ticket. But at the old uh, MSG, somehow my dad must have known somebody because I never had a ticket and we we got in, but we weren't able to sit. So you figure it out. I was in (laughs) the corridors and really could only see the ice when someone passed through and the door opened. It wasn't even like we could open the door. Right. So as strange as that sounds, I like partially saw a hockey game, but I could hear the crowd. I could hear the roar. The Rangers won three to one. I think Jockerman was in goal. Um, but I really didn't get to see the game, John, but I thought it was kind of unique. It was my first it experience. Is, that yeah. is unique. You know, you're still, you're still, you're still there. It, it, you're still, you got the garden atmosphere. You're feeling it. You know? Eight years old. You still don't know fully what's going on, but the buzz and the crowd, it was, it was nuts for sure. From what I remember. Yeah, for sure. Um, how about a favorite New York Ranger moment, but you got to pick something other than uh, them winning the cup in 1994. Cause that's just too obvious. Well, you know what? I have a few. When when I sure. was getting my boys into hockey, my two young sons, yeah. um, the Rangers were doing the 2014 run to the cup. And it's not so much. I can't even tell you the game. I can't even tell you. I mean, the Mika game when he scored five was, was a huge game. I really enjoyed that. We yeah. watched that together. Oh, yeah. But the call by Don LaGreca on the radio, I seem to listen to radio because sometimes I'm out and about. I don't always put the the game on live if I'm out. Sometimes I'll listen to it on the radio. And I do enjoy LaGreca and Dave Maloney because I used to root for Maloney, whatever. But when LaGreca would score, when Nash would score a goal and LaGreca would scream out, Rick Nash! excitement to the utmost. I was a big Nash fan. I don't know how a lot of fans feel about him, but I, I, I enjoy that style of player. And I thought he was an underrated Ranger. I know people expected more out of him, but I really like Nash a lot. I th- I'm sorry to see his career end the way it did. Maybe it was for the best for sure, but 
I thought he did a good job. What do you think, John? No, he, he probably is one of the more underappreciated Rangers in recent times. You just don't hear a lot of people talk about him all that much. And when they do, it's like, oh, well, he couldn't get it done in the playoffs. It's like, he did all right in the playoffs. I mean, he didn't set the world on fire, but he had his moments here and there. So, yeah, I would agree. He's, you know, I think that's just kind of, you know, when, when you're kind of the star player and you're making a lot of money, like we're seeing it now with Panarin. We saw it with Nash. And we even saw it um, with um, Gabrick. I was, I was blanking for a yeah. second there with Marion Gabrick. You know, he heard it from the fans too. So I think just naturally you're you're kind of a target when you're the, the star player ask, making the big bucks. Let me ask you, John, when, when we got Nash, wasn't he a big fish to get at the time? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He was one of the top guys available. And that, you know, in that trade, if I'm not mistaken, you know, Derek Broussard came over there too. And, you know, I'm a big Broussard fan. I know he you was, are. Yeah. He was just like a throw in and he, he turned out to be a heck of a player for the Rangers. So yeah, no, I, I, I like that trade a lot. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, I figure we, we can end on this one. Uh, you can't pick the Rangers for this. It's the same question that I got asked the other day uh, with locked on blue jackets. Who wins the Stanley cup this season? You know, when I first thought about it, I I thought Boston was going to do it last year. You know, I don't want to get into what happened. I'm not quite sure. Um, if I if I had to pick someone, I, I'm probably going to say Boston again. I don't know why. I I I think there's. I think they've got one last gasp. That kind of reminded me of what's happening in Pittsburgh. I guess. Um, be, only because their goaltending is super strong. Yes. And I think that this Pasternak, he, he can go off, man. This guy is incredible player. Yeah. Um, I like the defenseman, uh, McAvee for sure. Uh, I am not a Bruins fan. I don't follow him, <laughs> but I have to admit, um, I thought it was their time. So it was a, that was a shocker. A big Bigger to me than what happened to the Rangers, really. Yeah, I would agree, especially with Boston being up three games to one in that series. Um, yeah, look, I, I figure we could pretty much call it there. But, Dan, this is a ton of fun, man. Like I said, uh, we go way back. We've been talking Ranger hockey, you know, basically through Twitter for what was like four years now. So uh, thank you for joining me. And um, thanks for listening to the show and looking forward to some fantasy hockey this season. It's going to be a lot of fun. For sure. And just to let all the listeners know, John, you won the league. I was the runner up. Yep. So it's, it's been a real privilege to be here. I, I can't thank you enough for inviting me on. I think it's going to be a great season. Um, really excited about it. And everybody, if you're new to this show, uh, if you're a Ranger fan, and even if you're not, if you want some great inside hockey on what's going on and in Ranger world and as well as around the league. John's your man to see for sure. John, thanks so much for tonight. Greatly appreciate well, it. Well, thank you so much for saying that, Dan. I really do appreciate it. And again, this is a ton of fun and we'll, we'll do this again somewhere down the road, hopefully. Sounds great, John. Thanks again. All right. So Ranger fans, thank you guys as always for tuning in. We will see you next time.